Oh, hang on, the dog's barking. Shut up, Bill. Oh. Honestly, no. Honestly, do you know hang you, on. Hang, as hang on a head on, of the on. household, should be able to control these things. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> so you're just wandering around the house. Now, sadly, listeners, what is being edited out of this podcast is Nick Page running all over his house trying to get his dog to stop barking because he has no control. Okay. I'm sorry that won't make the podcast. Right, well, no, I'm back now. Master of the Hounds. Thanks for turning up. Thank you. Uh, where were we? I have no idea. Okay, uh, welcome to episode 73 of the Mid-Faith Crisis uh, podcast. My name is Nick Page. I'm joined by uh, a well-fed Joe Davis. Exactly. Should we have a new intro? Should we think of just something different? You always say, hi, I'm Nick Page and I'm joined in yeah, by Yeah, Jeff. well, I've just got used to it. Yeah, no, it's kind of comforting, I suppose. But yeah, I'm just, well, I'm I, just throwing I, I out don't there. I don't know. What, do you want to, uh, what would you like well, to Well, you could say I'm a scrawny bearded... <laughs> 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 well, just a thought, just mixing it up. You're just trying to get more bongos in there, <laughs> I do like you? the bongos. <laughs> All right, well, let's do the... Let's do the. I'll do the opening again then. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Welcome to episode seventy-three of the Mid Faith Crisis podcast. My name's Nick Pace, and I'm joined by a complete and utter. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a lot better, in my oh, opinion. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, we do that each week. We just that's what us open each week with a load of bongos. Basically, the way this is going. Well, anyway, uh, what have you been doing? Well, very interesting. I had five days in France. It was my son's birthday and our wedding anniversary, 35 years. Wait, you married your son? (laughs) No, he was 29 Ah. and it was our wedding anniversary. I don't really enjoy our wedding anniversary. Every year it's the same old round of, ha ha, Rachel deserves a medal. It's all I ever hear (laughs) from anyone and everyone who calls me a friend. Yeah. I don't think you can uh, hear the truth too often. <laughs> Is that a fact? Anyway, uh, we did have fun. I've never. Why don't? Hang on. Here's the thing. Why don't you just give her a medal? Yeah, I know. Next wedding anniversary, give her a medal, and then you can say, "Well, she's got one." Yeah. No, it's a good thought. I've given her trophies before, but actually, no, I have never given her a medal. Perhaps I will. I think you should. I think would maybe, that silence yes. my critics? Yeah, I think so. Oh, good. Anyway. So I attempted to go wakeboarding and now I ache all over my body in places I didn't even know I had places. In fact, it was quite hysterical to attempt even the most simplest of things like walking afterwards. But well, here's the deal. You're supposed to be, you know, dragged behind a boat and then go up and slide over the water. But what you actually do is end up trying to drag an entire lake with your legs through. And uh, that doesn't work, turns out. Anyway, I'm very confused. You're well, dragging a lake through your legs. Well, something like that. It's wakeboarding. It's like you have a plank strapped to your feet. Yeah. And then you have to go from a sitting down in the water position 
to a yeah. gliding upright along the water position. And it turns out that transition is quite difficult. And you're being towed by a boat. You're being towed by a boat. Right. And what I failed to do was stand. So what I actually ended up doing was dragging this massive wall of water. Through. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, that's how that worked. And yet you were in Bordeaux and I yeah. personally concentrated on the wine. Yeah, That's I, why know, I, I wasn't gone, really, really with wine drinkers. It did seem rather a waste, I have to admit. Oh, gosh. How yes, I know. Sad. You can make up for it now you're back. Let me tell you something exciting about a book that I'm currently reading. And okay. it's by a very unknown author called Nick Page. And it's called oh, The Badly Behaved Bible. And it is absolutely brilliant. I mean, seriously, I am loving that book. Oh, that's kind what of a great you, book! You. I'm not. I don't want to talk about it now well, because I want to talk about it when I finished it. But let me just say that first chapter. Everyone who ever is going to open the Bible should read that first chapter on the Word of God. Absolutely brilliant. Loved thank it. Thank you. Actually, I was thinking it's a good book uh, to buy people who are maybe a little back further on the journey of right. you know not quite fully fledged massive witches and pagans but on that journey towards becoming that, like us. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not yet sacrificing on. on the beach, but wanting to. <laughs> what you're proposing, this this book is very, very good at destroying faith. <laughs> I That's what you're sort of saying. I'm proposing that anyone who calls themselves an evangelical would really benefit from reading it because mm. you don't write it in the kind of hostile, aggressive way that I would. It. You do it in a very nice, gentle friendly funny manner but you do point out some really important truths about the bible which i think is your great gift by the way thank you very much i think i want to get off this subject yes quite quickly, i realize be that because praise is evil as we know <laughs> very uncomfortable by the whole thing anyway nick how are you i am very well i am uh, i went to uh, the theater last night which oh, yeah. always makes me happy and oh, uh, we went to see a musical, um, Amelie, which is the musical version of the film. Oh, right. Uh, do, do you know the film? I do. I love that film. It's very good. Um, but the musical is uh, it's, it's in the sort of, it's got the feel of the film, but it's not, um, you know, it's not the film. It's, hmm. it's, it's, hmm. it's slightly different and it's uh, in, in there's some um, changes and, and the music is, is different. And it's, uh, it was so wonderful it was one of the best musicals i've ever seen in my life what was the so set good was fantastic the feel of it was amazing the the cast so there's no orchestra the orchestra is the cast they right. all play the instruments and oh, they're all on stage great. and it's not like one or two of them no, are I like good that. instrumentalists which you often see yeah this is like 12 13 14 people all playing instruments all performing yeah. as well singing as well and 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 walking around like cellists you know, they've got mm. this device where by their whole, they're playing the cello, but they're walking around with it because it's hanging off their shoulder. Man. So they could, it's just, it was fabulous. If it's going on tour, I'll put a link on the uh, oh, okay. website yeah. to, to where it is. I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. And there's something about it uh, that makes you sort of glow. I've been glowing all day, really, with this musical. It's great. That is such a good great. thing. I mean, you know, for the rest of us, we glow just watching the leadership contest because that's a very uplifting experience. Um, <sighs> but yeah, nice yeah. nice to have something else to think about. Funnily enough, I chose to go to the theatre. <laughs> yeah, what a genius idea that was. I mean, it's only a choice over two different kinds of fantasy, I suppose. <laughs> oh, uh, dear, oh, well, dear. Well, we should move on, Shall I we? think. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Waffling. Emails. This is this is going to be a feedback. Yes, uh, it is. Yeah. Episode. I think largely we've had a lot of feedback. We've been storing some of it up. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll still have to yeah. store some of it up. Yeah, we yes, can't get it we, all. we can't but, get um, through it all. Um, but let me just say um, to Colin in particular, uh, yes. Colin, thank you. You did exactly what we asked, and you wrote an email in. The only reason I'm not reading it out is because it deserves its own episode to respond. Uh, so the return of the second coming, I think <laughs> yeah. we should call. Would that be the third or fourth coming? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know. But when when that comes, Colin, we will read out your email and there's yeah, others. But anyway, indeed. okay, so um, let's return to the thin places. Mm. Okay, so uh, Dawn uh, uh, wrote in and said, Hey, Joe, and I like the fact she put, and Nick in brackets, knowing that you would never read it. Uh, she says... Um, Every single week I listen to the podcast while running or driving. I craft an email to you guys and every single week I don't send it. But I'm so glad for each conversation. Seriously, you guys make me laugh so hard every time I listen. And that is saying a lot because it takes a lot to make me truly laugh as hard as I do at you two. (laughs) Which is nice. Thank you. So my thin place is on my stand up paddleboard. Every single time from the first time I ever got on one until the last time this week, I never fail to see for those few minutes that there truly is no division between the sacred and the secular. Paddling down the canal behind my house, looking at the light and the marsh and the birds and the clouds and somehow feeling like I'm walking on water propelled by my arms and the wind. It's just hard to imagine my life without that discipline at this point. Best of all, should I fall off and land in the water, I would not freeze to death, as might happen paddling in the ice water off the coast of Lee Abbey. Much gratefulness, love and laughter to you both, Dawn. (laughs) Thank you, Dawn. I bet she could wakeboard. Yes, she probably could. But she wouldn't have a problem. Although, to be fair, I have a paddleboard and I can paddleboard. Can you? Well, paddleboarding is, you know... It's easier than wakeboarding, okay, I think. Right. Well, thank you, Dawn. Anyway, Dawn, it is lovely to hear from you. And Nick and I will never forget the experience of you entering the English Sea for the first time at Lee Abbey last year. Oh, yes. We should explain that Dawn's used to sort of warmer American <laughs> yeah. waters. Yes. Rather than the rather bracing <laughs> yes, exactly. Devonian coast. <laughs> Okay, we got one from Helen. He says, Dear Joe and Nick, my thin places are Durham Cathedral, just about anywhere on Orkney, but especially St Magnus Cathedral and the Ring of Brodgar. And praying with my friend Chris, who you described as a one-man blessing machine the other week. When Chris and I get together to pray, something happens and all masks come off. It's better when we're actually together, but since I moved to England, we still manage to pray weekly by texting each other. I've never had this experience praying with anyone else. Well, that's great. I love Durham Cathedral. It's a, it's an amazing place. Mm. Mm. Um, I, have you ever been there? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Oh, no. you should go there. It's my, my daughter's at university at Durham, so we go out there a bit. And it, the Durham Cathedral is just wonderful. Okay. Um, well, one of the oldest cathedrals in, in, in England. I've never been to Orkney. I really want to go to Orkney. Me too. So much. Not least for the bird life up there. But yes, that would be a wonderful thing. Yeah. Mm. Although the, I'm not sure about the Ring of Brodgar. That sounds like... Um, Something out of Game of Thrones. To me. I don't yeah. What, that is. <laughs> yeah, what is the Ring of Brodgar? Oh well, it's, anyway, it's, uh, you know, we we can't talk about it. Anyway, okay, fair okay. And, and Mark wrote in. Actually, he wrote in via the website. So thanks, Mark. Mm. And he says this: uh, You talked about thin places. Last autumn, I had the good fortune to travel to New Zealand. One of the places we were recommended to go on the South Island was the Church of the Good Shepherd at Lake Tekapu. Teka Takapu. I don't know how to say it. Sorry. He says it's a fairly nondescript building when you get there. 
but its location is stunning, overlooking the aforementioned lake and the mountains. What was amazing was what happened when I went inside. At the front of the church, over the altar, is a plain glazed window framing the view over the lake. There's a simple cross right in the middle. When I visited there, there was some wonderful music by Margaret Rizzer playing. He says, of course, it's the same view that you could see from outside the chapel, the chapel, but it being framed in that way with the cross in the centre and with the music playing somehow increased its impact immensely. A thin place for me. This would work better with photographs, but I couldn't work out how to send them. Easily found on popular search engines, though, <laughs> and the photos probably wouldn't show up that well on a podcast anyway. Very good point, Mark. But well, we'll try and find. So I'll try and find some links and 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 put that in if I can spell it right. Yeah. yeah. Great. Thank you very much, Mark. But thank you, um, everyone, so much for writing in with the, your thin places as we asked you to, which is great. And then lastly, from Paul, and this one's great. He says, hi, I've just been catching up on the podcast. I'm getting in touch to let you know about the idea of Thin Places. I've been leading a group called Fourth Sunday Adventures for around three years. As a lifelong lover of the mountains, I recognise the part that time in the mountains has played in my own spiritual journey. As a Christian, I started by trying to find the divine in nature in a similar way as though which I had encountered God in church, using the same imagery, words and metaphors. However, I find now that because the divine is so much bigger than the god of institutional religion that I simply seek to notice life and light and love and find my spirit is lifted far more than by any church service. Also, we found that by dropping the religious cliches, we had a lot in common with other people of no religious faith who were also out on the fells encountering the same thing as us. Our group goes out once a month from Penrith and even through the winter months we have never been fewer than 20 people and as many as 40 from a nice mix of faith and non-faith backgrounds. I suspect the divine is more commonly encountered in thin places than the church would usually admit and is bringing healing, restoration and a connection with something greater to many unsuspecting recipients. Well, well really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether whether people are encountering encountering the divine more than in church, but I certainly would concur with his thoughts that people who don't have labels like God or Jesus or those sort of things to describe their experience are definitely encountering mystery, and I would say certainly the divine, uh, mm. as they stop and as they breathe and as they, you know, engage with various exercises. I don't know whether you do that, uh, um, Paul, in uh, your places, but um, yeah interesting it it sort of changes the parameters doesn't it when you get outside the building it changes mm. your, the way of looking at things yeah like you say i think i think well you've got to be careful to say not to say and i don't think he, paul is saying this but I, I don't think you've got to be careful not to say well look it's better out here than in there you know people experience god in different ways and they'll yeah. find different places so you know whether you're going into durham cathedral or whether you're going out on the fells yeah. but i do think it's important to get to these places and to and to intentionally go i think that's the, that's yeah. the other thing to get to go with the intention of of uh, listening and looking and and attending yeah absolutely uh, which is back to a, a fairly a regular theme on this podcast mm. yes yeah okay and then uh, one from well i'm going to keep this one anonymous and um, this person said this i wondered if you had thoughts about counseling all the time, frankly. Anyway. <laughs> Are you saying we need it? Yes. <laughs> anyway, carrying on. They said, if someone needs counselling or therapy, and obviously I'm asking for a friend, <laughs> would you recommend a Christian or secular counsellor? Ooh, there's a divide I don't want to make. And said, so for the record, I'm seeing a secular counsellor who is a Christian, so understands my difficulties, 
does not actively pray with me nor quote scripture. And then they mm. said, thought this might be worth a chat. And yes, I agree that uh, it is worth a chat. Um, well, well, I don't have much experience with this because I've I've never seen a council. Haven't you? Um, no. Really? Well, that explains a lot. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> I, I go out uh, every Monday with my own personal therapist yeah, for do. a beer. I know. <laughs> and that's very useful. Yeah. But um, but I've never actually you know been to a. Uh, oh wow! Such so, I, I but I imagine you've had you've burnt through many. Oh gosh, yeah, they they never last long, but yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I grind them down. No, but I mean, I mean, I think to answer your question, I I have never sought out Christian counsellors, and I and I don't really want someone praying with me. Like, there's going to be some nice, neat little answer at the end, and we're going to pray for healing, and that's going to be the end of it. I don't think that's how counseling works anyway and it's any more than i would seek a christian doctor if a, another doctor was more qualified i think i'd always prefer the most qualified mm. and so you know equally you need people who understand the brain and the way we think and understand how how our behavior evolves through our thought processes and you know i think you just want the best if they happen to be a christian great uh, but if they're not wouldn't hold that against them um so i I don't think you do necessarily need a Christian counsellor. I I was recommended uh, my current therapist, who I haven't seen for a while, but probably need to. <laughs> and uh, and as far as I knew, this person was you know, not a Christian. I was never discussed. And I went and sat in, um, well, they, they she tends to meet in the conservatory. And, uh, and I looked at the bookshelf and there's all these kind of, you know various psychology books and all the rest of it and then there was all the bottom shelf was full of like Richard Rohr and stuff like that I thought oh I'm gonna I'm gonna like this person uh we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna understand each other so that you know that was quite good actually Mm. Mm. Um, so there's my long-winded answer uh to that so so sort of recommended to you know find the the whoever it is who's best suited to you or exactly best but qualified for you or whatever but i did wonder whether we should say a bit about spiritual direction well yes because there's various things isn't yeah, there there's, there is. there's a whole mix of things it's it's like um it's like sort of a uh, what's the word a scale of things mm. so you know one end you've got uh, psychotherapists or whatever mm. you've got yeah. sort of that really big intervention at one end yeah and you've got sort of comes down towards counseling yeah. And then in the mix also for, for Christians, certainly for those of us who've been yeah. involved in sort of spiritual formation, is, is spiritual direction. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, I've never really had... I've had a spiritual director for a little while. But um, it's funny thing is when, we, yeah. when I was doing the Renovare course, you were supposed to get yeah. a spiritual director yeah. during the Renovare course. Yeah, you course. were. How did you get away with that? Well, I asked six of them and they turned me down. They all turned <laughs> me down. <laughs> I'm not well, surprised. They all but... said they were, quotes too busy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that old chestnut. Um, so I never, I never had a spiritual director until after the course. But anyway. That's um, brilliant. Anyway, you, t- tell us a little bit about spiritual direction. Well, I, I know about spiritual direction because I've had a spiritual director for the last 15 years. And in part, that's probably why I haven't seen a therapist so much uh, during that time. Um because there are some overlaps and the overlap is this you do tend to talk about your life to your spiritual director and your therapist but the the differences the way I view the differences you know I tend to go 
to a therapist when I when there's you know something either I don't understand or an issue that definitely is a bit of a crisis and I I need help working through whereas the role of the spiritual director isn't to discuss your problems the role of the spiritual director is to look at your life and help you look at your life reflect back to you about it and to see where God is at work because often what happens is we just think, well, my life is just business or it's just, you know, responding to emails or the demands of the kids or running a home or, you know, whatever it is. And I don't have time for God. And what the spiritual director is is often able to do is to say, now, let's just realise God's with you in every aspect. Now, how could we how could we look at this differently mm-hmm. and see God at work? And what might God be saying to you? in your busyness and in your mm. life as you're actually living not in the ide- in the idealized life that you think you'd like but in the actual life that you are presently living where can we see god at work so they're they're two different disciplines and i know about it because rachel has trained as a spiritual director although she hates that name she prefers the the title sort of spiritual friend or spiritual yes. accompaniment people talk about spiritual accompaniment yeah now. exactly yeah, and that's what she does yeah. and on that note may i say if you are in the worthing area and you would like someone with a bit of wisdom i unashamedly advocate rachel for that um and you'd like someone to talk to and you know the session is normally just an hour and it's very gentle and very simple and you won't be asked to do long prayers together but there may well be some silence involved and then just to have that space to kind of go Mm. from a spiritual point of view (laughs) Mm. is really helpful and it's just a space for you to reflect with someone else on your life and where god is at work if you if you're interested in that do send an an email in joe at midfaithcrisis.org and market spiritual accompaniment or something and uh, if you're living in this area rachel would be i'm sure more than happy to see you I said, he said, speaking for her, you think I'd know after 35 years, wouldn't you? Well, you know, I'm sure you, <laughs> I'm sure you know what she's capable of. Oh, she's brilliant. Um, she is. She yeah. is a very wise woman. Why she's still mad to me after 35 years? Well, old, let's not, not go down that way. Just buy her a medal. That's and we'll her only unwise on. move. Yeah. Just get the medal sorted. Um, well, I mean, so coming up further down on this sort of continuum, yeah. Yeah. one of the things we just sort of talked about uh, in Paul's email was other people you know just simply on the very lowest level of uh, of uh, what you might term sort of loosely listening therapy and this yeah. kind of thing or listening you you've simply got communities of other people yeah. and I, I did think it would be uh, yeah. interesting just to sort of touch on a little bit on what those look like for oh yeah now. now now can i just read roxanne's email and then we'll do, we'll do it because uh, i think she's picking up on the very point you're making um, first of all, thanks, Roxanne. I won't read it all. I appreciate your support. But she says this. Deconstruction or doubt can be a rather lonely place, as we sometimes feel that we have to pretend to those around us that everything is fine. That is one reason that just listening to the podcast could be helpful, even if you don't have all the answers! Exclamation mark. Uh, she said, I would encourage other listeners to seek out friends who may be in a similar place. I meet secretly with a small number of Christians <laughs> <laughs> who are on their own journey. We use various resources to help us address either a particular topic or book of the Bible, then discuss in a forum where no question is off limits. Mm. So that leads us, you know, nicely into that old idea of, you know, the role of community and and safe places, I think I want to call them. 
Yeah, and I think it's it's just one of those things that frustrates me a little about um, church. Although I do see it, it moving um, mm. quite a lot now, in the, the the sense that the important bit of church, um, you know, is supposed to be what happens up front and all the sermon mm. and everything like. And I've always felt um, that the really important bit of church is what happens off stage. Yeah, uh, you know what happens elsewhere uh, outside of that. Um, I, I've always sort of mm. believed that. Um, and that's just in sort of talking to one another and getting together and being able to 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 be honest with one another. And and you need those sort of spaces. Sad. I think the difficulty is a lot of churches find that hard to to create those safe spaces. So that, that then people are almost forced to do what yeah. Roxanne's doing here, which is you know that slightly covert yeah. meeting. Yeah, where exactly. You, yeah, <laughs> so where you're you meeting meet in, secretly. Yeah, yeah, where you meet in a pub and you sort of say, "I don't, I know about this. What do you yeah. think about it?" And then you yeah. do that strange thing where you know you sort of edge around a topic. Sometimes I used to do this. I don't yeah. bother nowadays, but you know, you sort of edge around a topic where, you know, what do you think? You try and work out what the other person's thinking yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Whereas you actually need a just you do yeah. need this sort of place where you can just go. This is what I think. Yeah, you know, exactly. this is what I'm feeling yeah. at the moment, and know that you're not going to get judged or yeah. Or, and it, or, and it, and there do need to be places where, uh, as Roxanne said, any question can be asked and and therefore there's never going to be any judgment or someone rushing in to answer mm. it or, or give mm. you the correct answer but and, and and they need to be places of confidentiality i mean and that's mm. you know one of the things we insist upon at the cult of soul place on a thursday night which is you know what gets discussed here doesn't doesn't go any wider and and what's great about that is you've got people at such different stages so you've got some people who are just tentatively questioning some things that i would regard as quite basic and it's healthy for us as well to go back and say, well, this is why, you know, maybe we've been able to look at look at things differently in Scripture. Mm. Yeah, very much so. What about other outside of uh, um, Soul Place? What other kind of listening communities are you do you encounter? Do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I think I've been quite fortunate because of the ring of contacts of which you are a one you, you know and i've you know we've, we've sometimes a few of us have gone away with other kind of guys mm. and you know there's been these kind of safer places where we can talk informal and not very often mm. i mean that's the thing not weekly or you know it's sometimes it's just yearly mm. but yeah you know places where yeah maybe we go away tonight maybe we just meet up for the day and we you know generally it works as a meal and things but places where you really can say this is what's on my mind or this is what i don't understand mm. or this is what's mm. really bugging me those places are essential mm. and i think yeah i think a formal group like we're now running i guess formal informal formal group well you know, it, yeah it happens at a certain time and in a certain yeah. place that kind of thing yeah they're they're great i don't think many of them exist that's my personal experience but I think the informal groups are everywhere, all over the place. Yes, more yes, and more yeah. and more, that's happening for sure. I do think there's a hunger for them. I think mm. I've uh, been involved in a few of them, and I've, I've obviously have sort of relationships that have gone on for years and years and years. Where you know I'd get together with, yeah. I, I tend to sort of get together with smaller groups and yeah. just talk about things really. Um, and genuinely, I do think there's a kind of desire for them. Yeah, um, I think it's just partly about being heard. Yeah. really there's no place yeah. in many churches to be heard yeah 
you know, there's home groups, and sometimes that's a good yeah. thing. But home groups have their own sort of strengths and their own yeah. weaknesses and dynamics. Um, and I think also there's this, just the sense of doing something different, or ha- you know, that I think people have uh, within certain sort of faith traditions, you can be in a faith tradition for a long time, and and frankly you're you, you're bored with it you know what it is yeah. you know how it runs you yeah. know how, yeah exactly you, you know how it's organized and structured yeah. and you kind of want to go off piste yeah. you kind of just want to throw all that away and just say well let's do something different let's just talk exactly and i've been on the other side of it as a church minister where you kind of you want all the small groups to be doing the same material and working through the same subject or reflecting on the yes. sunday service but it yeah. just doesn't work because one size really doesn't fit all and you've got mm. other groups that just want to do their own thing and people who you know don't know how to organize their own thing you have all that mix um so i you know, one size doesn't fit all. And I, I do think there needs to be a variety of spaces. And that's something the church could do really helpfully is provide different spaces for people at different stages of faith. What about whether they get too introspective, though? These are the other things. This is the often question that's all the, the yeah. challenge that's thrown to me about, you know, well, you know, you're just getting together and you're just looking inwards. It's increasingly inwards. Yeah. How do you how do you? And how do you counter that in terms of soul place and those kinds of well, things? Well, you know, sometimes I worry about it because I do think, oh, gosh, you know, we're just sort of going deep and, you know, sometimes we get a bit cerebral and we're talking about topics and I'm thinking, well, how are we helping the poor? How is this ultimate blessing? Yes. But this, this is what this is how I figure it out. I don't think there's a perfectly balanced church anywhere in the world or a perfectly balanced small group. I think what happens is you go through seasons and the thing that's common to everyone in Soul Place at the moment is they're at a season where they're questioning stuff and they, they need some answers in order to move on so that they can bless and serve and all the rest of it mm. uh, with, with integrity and with joy and all the rest of it. And so that's our role as Soul Place. That is our role, to provide this safe place and to encourage people with the end goal of pushing them back out into their communities to serve and love, but to actually from a whole new basis, from a, with a bigger concept of the divine, with a, with a mm. renewed joy and a renewed spring in their step. So I think it's okay to go through stages. You know, I think about our life at Oasis, and that was all about action. You know, we didn't pause and reflect. Well, I don't mean to disrespect them. I know Oasis has changed as an organisation now. But, you know, back then it was all about action. We're world changers. We're going to get out there. We're going to run this project. We're going to do that project. We're going to do... Mm. It was great. And actually, as a a man with much energy back then, uh, that really suited me. But there does come a point where, you know, you need to back off from that. And it seems to me life's never, well, my life has never been perfectly balanced between action and contemplation. It tends to be at work that there's a season for action, there's a season for contemplation, there's another season for action, and then you reflect on it. And, And that's a more realistic sort of pattern for me, I think. Mm. Um, big churches can do wonderful, organise all kinds of projects that, you know, a church of 10 people can't do. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean there's not a role for a church of 10 people. Mm. Yeah, I, I suspect you need sort of both spaces. Really, yeah, you? You I think need you do. The, you need the bigger structure where you can welcome people. Yeah. You know, where people will come in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they'll find a, a, a home and um, where you can you can sort of do that kind of thing and 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 then yeah. you also need these uh, i think these smaller spaces where people can just talk um and and people will make them anyway 
you know, I think they'll kind of often well, find a way. Well, I hope so. So, really, over, because what, over the years, is it years we've been doing this? It feels like years. It does. Anyway, <laughs> over the eons that we've been doing this, and, you know, quite a few people have uh, emailed in and said, look, is there a group yeah, yeah, like they have, Soul yeah. Place near me? Is there a mid-faith crisis group? How yeah. do I yeah. do one? And we've always said, well, we you know, no, but start one. Yeah. I'm just wondering what, what yeah. we could... Well, we should probably be a bit do, more what helpful would people, than that. Yeah, so, how could, so what we can say is maybe we'll uh, try and think about putting some resources together that would help people start yes. up their own group because you've got lots of uh, experience in this uh, well and, yeah i've got you know, some yeah i have yeah. yeah and i can just make it up so <laughs> yeah. you know you can make it up and put in a few double entendres yeah so i think uh yes i'm very good at that um uh, I, i'll put in a few big ones yeah thank you so we'll, we'll we'll i think we'll try and think about that how we can, how can yeah how we can help people resource yeah. those groups. I, and if you have ideas people that you would want to throw into that mix about how you started a group or yeah. what, like paul or whether there's a group that you can tell us please please get in touch and let us know we'll try and put some stuff together that would be great and yeah yeah fantastic to receive ideas from people uh, mm. about what they're doing and also to hear what sort of resources would you like as well yeah, and uh, talking of which, if you uh, like the podcast and you'd like to support it, you can give uh, to support it, and uh, that allows us to put a bit more time into it. Yeah, um, indeed. N- not that the quality will go up, but it'll just we'll be more relaxed. <laughs> exactly, which yeah. will be good. So yeah. thank you to those that are giving, and please do give if you've been meaning to but haven't yet. No, we're very grateful, and we're grateful for the emails and support. I think we should uh, wrap up now. I think we should. Um, and we will be back in a week. Hey, do you know what? I'm getting ready for a pilgrimage. Are you? Yeah, I'm going again. I'm going to IKEA again, are you? No, no, no. It's not that depth of spirituality. I'm going to Canterbury. Are you? Yeah, going on a four-day sort of walking pilgrimage thing. Ooh. So I might talk a bit about that next week. Good. Well, I want to hear about it. Give Justin yeah. my love. Oh yeah, I will. Yeah, I don't know if he's. I, I, he's not answering any of my calls, so I'm not sure he's going to be in. No, he's probably blocked you again. Well, after what happened last time, exactly. who would blame him? Exactly. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be with you next week. God bless you. Thanks. <laughs>